Welcome to Black and White, a place where we educate, advocate and amplify Indigenous knowledges, ways of being and thinking. It is an opportunity to bridge the gap and translate between two worlds, initially for educators but more importantly allies and people who want to listen, learn, unlearn and relearn. A place that removes fear and answers those questions one is afraid to ask where we walk together on a learning journey. Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Yora Yora Nura Burang Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Burangad Burani Yagu Barubagu Yoragu Bayajul Budri Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Yora Noragu Bimal Wayangagu I speak well of the Yagara people the people belonging to this country where we record the podcast. I speak well of the old ones, past, present, and the future people. I speak well of my elders, of my ancestors, of the Darug people, as well as all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards country and Mother Earth. I acknowledge and I recognise all Indigenous people across the world. Welcome back, people, to Black and White. Another week down, and got my wife here, Tammy. How was your week, Tam? Warami Budri Bajunya, or good to speak to you today. Hello. Um, busy week. Uh, we've had lots of wonderful feedback about the podcast from teachers, which is, you know, very heartwarming and lovely. They're loving you, Nath. Loving me. <laughs> my simplicity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, how's your week been? Oh, it's all right. I've been tiling away, uh, tiling a house over the other side of town, as my mate Otis from Torres Strait would say, making the heavy bucks, <laughs> which means that I'm making money. So, yeah, no, um, all's good with me. And then today, lawn bowls, tomorrow lawn bowls. Yeah, just living life. Excellent. So, yeah, all good. Excellent. So, I guess the focus of today is about allyship and what it means to be a good ally and how do we navigate that space. This is probably being selected for a number of reasons. The first, I was alerted to how I'm being a ally or an advocate for Indigenous people in Nunavut territory, the Inuit, who I'm working with in a professional manner. So what, what's a What's the Inuit people? So the Inuit people are the Indigenous people up in Nunavut Territory. So for people who imagine a map, um, it's... Of North America? Yep, so Turtle Island, the traditional name for North America, so Canada and America or United States. If you imagine that map and you think of uh, Ontario... It's a province directly north of that. So Ontario, for Australian listeners, is Toronto... Uh, Canada. Yeah, in Canada. Yep, yeah, yep, which is in Canada. T- Toronto is in... Ottawa. Is in Ontario. So yep, yep. that sort of area and then... Yep, north of that. So straight up from there. Yeah, so none of it's um, one of the new territories up there and I'm working with their Indigenous people um, on a leadership development program. It's cold up there i'm guessing it is freezing um absolutely freezing 
the incredible people up there, they still live traditionally. Yeah, well, so when I think of um, Australian Indigenous people, we live in some really hot climates, under gum trees, uh, desert landscapes, really harsh. I'm gathering it's not like that. No, it's the complete opposite. So lots of snow, lots of ice. Um, it's an area where there is a majority of essential minerals as well. So it hasn't been colonised in the same ways that Australia has, but definitely has had the impact of colonisation as well. What's harsher? Do you think the Australian summer or the Canadian winter up there? Like, what, what, would you, what, what would you think would be harder to live in? Oh. Well, I'm guessing this summer's like with the humidity here, it's it's hard, but I'm... Well, they can get up to minus 70 with wind chill, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's pretty ki- harsh. That kills you. Absolutely. And I mean, like, we, we get up to 50 degrees in summer in the, in the bush, but... I guess it depends on yeah. the individual, right? Uh, it blows my mind that, you know, while we're here dealing with our heat and kangaroos and emu and, you know, lots of different um, native animals that we have become so accustomed to know and understand, in the contrast, they're dealing with polar bears. You know, their young ones are talking about their, how to navigate their first kill of a polar bear. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. We were on a trek oh, a couple of years ago with a few mates and I said, what would you rather, a snake come at you or a polar bear? And you said a polar bear. And I said, are you serious? Like, I would rather have a snake come at me. No, snakes scare me. I don't do snakes. Yeah, no, well, I, I just prefer a snake. <laughs> There's just... almost an element of uh, admiration as well, I think. Yeah, people are so honest. scared of snakes in Australia, especially from outside. But, I mean, yeah, they're not that bad. Oh, you've got you've got nine of the ten deadliest animals in the world. Yeah, and I guess that's my problem with some of the wildlife that is native here. Yeah, <laughs> that true. scares me. It doesn't really scare me. I mean, a polar bear scares me more than that. Yeah, you know, and some other wildlife they have up there are the narwhals, which are very sacred and spiritual to the Inuit people. Narwhals? What are they? Um, like kind of think of a dugon with a like a unicorn kind of looking spear as a nose. Um, that's a really terrible way to describe it, but I'm trying to help our listeners kind of have some... In the water? In the water, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, I ain't going in the water anyway, because it's probably zero degrees in there, so... That's right, but it's, it's, um, an integral part of the ecosystem. So, I'm working with the Indigenous people up there, the Inuit, uh, to create some future economic prosperity, developing, um them in a leadership capacity within a western system but it's about walking in two worlds bringing their cultural um, confidence and incredible strength to the role as well as developing the understanding that is required in a western um, wage economy so you consider yourself an ally to them Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess that's why this has come about as well as a number of negative experiences that I personally have had, a few in the last week or two as well, from well-meaning people. 
And I thought it was really important that we talk about, you know, I guess the rules of the game for an ally and how to navigate that space. Yeah, okay. Um, so I thought, you know, I, this is not just going to be the world according to Tammy. Interestingly enough, uh, on my LinkedIn feed, I had another individual. Her name is Apana Ray. Um, she's a tech founder from Seattle and she works in that diversity, equity and inclusion space. And yep. she did a post about you know, what are the behaviours of an ally? And I thought it would we could start there and maybe then contextualise to us yeah. in Australia. Yeah. So the first thing she says is about stop calling yourself an ally, you know, and, and she gives this imagery around dressing up in a Batman costume and how people sort of go, look at me, I'm being a saviour. Um, you know, it, to be an ally, it's actually not about you. It's about what you can add to the world as a system yeah. or as a community, right? The second thing she talks about is this need to educate yourself. Yep. That makes sense to me. Yes, what we, I'm we, doing, yeah. we spoke about the information diet last week. Yep. And then third one, take the word help out of your vocabulary. Because it's not about you helping the less privileged, as I said before. It's not about you being a saviour. It's you being part of this connected, intertwined world where all people should have access to human rights and that everyone has the opportunity to bring something to, to the table and that you're helping to facilitate that. Yeah, everyone's got the opportunity to bring something that I always get the opportunity correct and so you know don't don't use the word help and, and I guess when I have thought back and reflected on the conversations where I've been with allies there's almost been this notion of a handout yeah. rather than a hand up and they're two very different things yeah I think they always think you need a you need help. You need. We need to help you. We need to give you a handout, and that'll help. Guide, we'll guide you in your journey. Mm. Well, it's your journey, not their journey. But no, anyway. bring a hand up. Help us to the table where yeah. we can show what we can do. Right. Yeah. Um, the fourth thing she talks about is make your actions echo your words, and this for me is about what I talk around making sure your words align to your actions. Yeah. Don't okay. just talk the talk, walk the walk as well. Yeah. Number five, she says, is to call your cousins. So hold your kin, hold your family accountable. So when you're sitting around the, the dinner table at a big family brew up or dinner, and, and, you know, the uncle or some other family member makes a joke or demonstrates some sort of behaviour that's not really inclusive, call them out. Hold them accountable. Yeah. I called something out this week, eh? Actually, at work, I said, um, I said something about you having a job up in Canada helping Indigenous people. And he said, oh, what's your wife? I said, oh, she's Indigenous. Oh, she half cast. I said, no, that's not that's not a term we use anymore. Like, mm. there's no half cast. Oh, an eighth. Or th I'm like, no, it's not that, mate. We don't do that anymore. That's derogatory. And he he looked at me 
thinking, am I serious? Because I, I joke around a fair bit. And he knew I was serious. And he goes, oh, okay. Y- yeah, fair enough. And that was it. So I sort of stopped Thank him. Thank you for doing that. No, I stopped him in his tracks. And um, But no, he was good because he had the the right or the the right intentions with the wrong words. Mm. But he was he didn't know, he's not educated enough to know or hasn't put himself in that position to know that. Yeah, and I guess I worry that when it's always that when the call out is or holding people accountable is always coming from Indigenous people, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people we're almost seen as this negative deficit wanting to have a war all the time about yeah. it. And, yeah. and it can't be that. It, it's it's everyone's business. Yeah. So, yeah, bef- I suppose before we start all that stuff, I've, you had a bit of a, a war of words online, I suppose. Yeah. Well, can you give us the background and then I'll take it from there because you know, you're a teacher and educator... You, uh, I suppose you have to bite your tongue a little bit to mm-hmm. be a bit more prim and proper. I don't, I don't give a shit what I say, and phew, no one's going to come at me. I don't have any social media presence, so I'll just say what I want to say. I don't care. Yeah. So yeah, what happened this week? So I guess I've had a, a number of people reach out to me thanking us for this podcast and then asking. Um, me to validate some resources to make sure that it's appropriate and inclusive yeah. uh, for the classroom, for students, um, just checking clarification of language. Yep. And then there's been some additional questions, right? So I thought, okay, so if, if this is the need out there, that there are some more questions that can help guide us for future episodes. And I did a social media post to say, hey, tell us your questions. And I was very particular the way I worded it so that it wasn't personalised. It was, hey, what do you hear as an educational leader? So it's not what are your questions you have. It's what do you hear are the questions that are commonly asked. Okay. And then I made the decision to share it in a few um, teachers groups. Yep. And I want to start by saying that um, this is not the reflection, I believe, of all teachers, but... No, this is a select few, I don't know what you call them, bogans, rednecks, just... People who aren't quite on the cultural journey yet. Yeah. That's me being political, right? Yeah. Um, But there was definitely a response by an individual that said, it's a no from me. It's a no from... so, so you, and, and the word no was capitalised. Yeah, it's a no from me. What, yeah. what was he even referring to? It's a no from me. And, and so, bless the amazing administrator of this group who went, can you clarify for me? And, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Um, like, how brave a person that is, is awesome. I just sat back because I thought, no... If, if I say anything, I'm going to be the black fella no, that just wants be, an argument. It'll just be a war of words. Right. The faceless so, man on the keyboard. Yep. And it turns into a war yep. of words. So yep. the administrator said, can you clarify uh, what you mean by this? And this individual then 
came back with something along the lines of prioritising Indigenous people over Australians. And there was a few undercut sort of messages in there around, you know, little I for Indigenous as the word and a capital for Australians on top of the, the actual message or intent of prioritising over. Yeah, so he's gone, I'm not going to prioritise Indigenous people. Yeah. Pretty much what he said. Yeah, and, and, you know, the post was not about prioritising. And I, as I said, I commend the administrator here because she called it out, like, what a good ally, you know, based on the six rules we've already yeah. sort of heard. Um, but said this is an inclusive space. It's not trying to be controversial. It's, hey, what are your questions, right? But I guess what that did was made everybody else reluctant to answer yeah because they don't want to get into indicate a, a response yeah because they're too scared to yeah because it's going to turn into a war of words and it's it opens oh, them up there might like, be racism here or we yeah. oh, 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 no i'm an educator I, I need to hold my job yeah listen here you dipshit i'll tell you one thing i'll tell you multiple things in a simplistic form and it's going to be a big story and then i'll circle around to the answer so when I'm going into grade eight, and this is how I can relate to Indigenous people, I first day of grade eight, I'm 12 years old because I'm bored at the end of the year. I have no shoes. I don't have a school bag. I don't have the uniform to go to school. My family said, well, the first two weeks you don't learn anything. So it doesn't matter. You don't need a pencil case. You don't, you don't need any of that stuff. I turn up to school and it's not my fault. I'm a product of my environment, right? So straight away I'm outcasted and, you know, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. I, I relate back to, in simple terms, there's the house of opportunity, right? People say everyone's got the opportunity. Not everyone does have the opportunity. Because you're a product of your environment. So I go up to the house of opportunity, the door shut. That's not my fault. I stand there and I go, well, what do I do now? So I got, I can, I can either go down the drugs and alcohol and rebellion side, or I can find another way. So I go around the corner of the house of opportunity. And luckily for me, the windows open on the house of opportunity. Someone left the window open and there's a person there looking and waving, going, you know what, this kid's got a bit of... Is this your teachers? No, this is just mentors, I suppose. Like, Were your teachers supportive of you when you rocked nah, up or what sort of time nah, did they set? No, nah, it was like, what, where's your school bag? I don't have one. Or where's your shoes? Don't have any. So you, you arrived, not in correct uniform, not with what they would say, the basic resources. Yeah, I'll turn over the plastic and, bag. And the first response is to growl at you. Yeah, 100%. So that's, that's your first interaction with a high school. Yeah, yeah. So, so then what's that, what's that lead to? That leads to rebellion. That leads to, you know, a path of destruction because you, there's no... Hope. There's no hope, is there? So I go around the side of the House of Opportunity... And the window's open. And it's a mentor. It's it's a person there, which is like an athletics coach, 
who goes, I can see the potential in this kid. And he lets me in the house of opportunity. That's all I need. It's just an opening into that opportunity. That's right. Pull me in the window. So he pulls me in the window. And from there, I'm able to meet more mentors. And my mentors are, he started my athletics career. My next mentors were my first boss and his father and, and his mother that give me the opportunity through a job. And house. And, and, and how, take me in because I, I, I have got nothing. I have got absolutely nothing. So I have the opportunity. Now, I have to take the opportunity. I do. I take it. The problem is... But you need support along the way That's too. right. So let's say there's two Nathans. There's me and the Indigenous Nathan side by side. We both go around the house because the doors are locked to them. They don't even get a look. But the doors, the doors locked. They go around the side of the house. Guess what? The window's locked to them. And you know, this not everybody's journey is exactly that path, but, no, but there's definitely a commonality that we as Indigenous people get exposed to constantly. Yeah, but but White Nathan, the window's slightly ajar. Yeah. He still has a chance, right? Black Nathan doesn't have a chance in the world. Because the what the, the the attitudes the attitudes and the window is dead bolted. So what's he do? He's screwed. Now we circle back to this guy, right? This guy is supposed to be an educator, a, a mentor. mentor, not a dementor, a mentor. He can't even have the decency to go. Hey, let's celebrate and integrate some Indigenous perspectives into it. school. Can I stop you there? Because the Australian professional standards of teachers outlines this is a requirement of our job. He's not a teacher. No, but I wouldn't call him a teacher either as well. But what I'm saying is 1.4 and 2.4 of our professional standards explicitly states, as well as the Australian curriculum, where we have to identify, outline, amplify, embrace and advocate for Indigenous knowledges, histories and people. Yeah. We're well, not doing any of that. But, but... It's a keyboard warrior. Yeah, so back, back to, the, to the story, like, instead of... Th- these kids mightn't have anything else in their life. And... And they might look up to this guy as a mentor. That's that's my whole. But even point. if they don't look up to him as a mentor, he's still modelling. He's still modelling. That's right. That is not socially acceptable. So, that is not conclusive. My point is, imagine sitting in that classroom as an indigenous kid, with his point of view like that, like, and this looping back as an ally, I'm calling him out. You're a piece of shit. Like, you can't. You, you need to at least give them a seat at the table so they can talk. Give them... If you don't know anything about it, ask them. Oh, well, they're only 12 years old. Yeah, they, well, some of those children, some like our, our children know more than I can that's right. a 12-year-old. Give them a voice, for God's sake. Anyway, that's, that's just to grind my gears, like... 
Yeah, and being but, an ally, I'll just call him out. I don't care. I don't care what you say about me. Like you, you can have, you can bite your tongue, Tam. But you know, I'll. Yeah, I'll but call I guess this out. is this is our normal. Um, you know, even this morning where I saw a post, it was by one of the major news chains around uh, the Australian flag being flown alongside the Indigenous flags for the Women's World Cup. So the Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander flags, as well as the Maori flags. And so those flags are being flown as equal flags for this event. Yeah. And the negative comments on social media, you know, is horrendous. Yeah, but this has been going on for 25 years. Remember Cathy ran at... Oh, Cathy Freeman. Yeah, Cathy Freeman, our most, probably our most famous track and field athlete. I think... 2000 was all right. They let her run with the Indigenous flag. But 94 was the issue, right? Not 94 Com- or games? 90. I, it, I, she was very young, I think. And she pulled out the Aboriginal flag and ran around the track with it. Oh, my God, the uproar. Okay, it's a different time. We were very early on the journey of reconciliation, all that sort of stuff. But what gives people the right to target individuals like that? It's just not it nice. It, it's it, not humane. They're faceless people. They sit on a keyboard. Yeah. I don't sit on a keyboard. You want to have a crack at me, have a crack at me. I don't care. But don't sit there on a keyboard and, and say no. Yeah. And, and so I guess that leads to why it is we want to do this today. Because... And we're not going to get through all of the rules of the game today but i guess we'll we'll commit to a a series on this um around some ways that you can respectfully engage and strengthen your allyship how's that sound yeah fine yeah the first one that i put down was each individual needs to engage in their own cultural journey and so do you want to speak as an ally what that means to you each individual needs to engage in their own cultural journey. Um, I suppose it's going out um, and familiarising yourself with the culture, for one, if you don't know anything. I mean, that could be through, you know, television programs. It could be... No, NADOC week. It was a, I think you said there was a lot of... No, oh, it was a busy week. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. So that cultural journey, I mean, everyone's got a different pace at which they do that. I mean, you could do that through, um, yeah, cultural events, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot watching, of t- a lot of TV shows now. Watching some good docos at the moment. Yeah. Um, there's that series, First Inventors. Yeah. There's the Frontier Wars. Oh, my God, there's just heaps. Yeah, that, that would get you started. I mean, there's, there's obviously... Is there books about cultural absolutely stuff, you know there's indigenous australia for dummies that comes to mind that'd be perfect for me yeah <laughs> that's um that's the for dummies series you know the black and gold um cover oh yeah so that exists yep. um and there's various topics in that along with even i think it's um marsha langton's um the welcome to country Book. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's a very overarching across a number of different topics that you could engage with. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of picture books, and I know that we 
we put some books up last week and some other resources around potentially some starting or entry points and people to follow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, cool. But it's also knowing whose country you're on. Yeah. You know, we're on Yaga country here. Yeah. Um, we, we also travel up to Bachelor country. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like you, you know, we've we've engaged in some tours. Yeah, just do some cultural tours. Um, so the the people that run those cultural tours are the traditional owners of the land, mm. and I I'm pretty sure you you have to be the traditional owners of the land, don't you? Oh, uh, it, it you should be, or at least have the permission yeah. to do so from um, the traditional owners or TOs, which we yep. sometimes um, say. And that's just a protocol that we follow. Yeah. You know, that is one step. The next one may be listen to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as experts on th their own lived experiences and histories. So it's about validating, I, I would say who we are as people and acknowledging our yeah, knowledge well, as equal. Yeah, and you, like we just said, you could do that through cultural tours. I mean, we, we've done a couple up on Bachelor Country and... Um, we, d we basically commit to doing something cultural every time we holiday, no matter where we are in the yeah, world. Yeah, we went, we went with Uncle Jay out in the, out in the boat and, um, yeah, just he told us the Indigenous word for turtle up there is milby. Yeah. Um, we got to jump in the ocean, you know, swim around the reefs and stuff there. Um, he, he stopped and explained the history, how the Indigenous people got to Gari too. like mm, The ways. Yeah, yeah, and they, they do it on low tide. So up through there, the Great Sandy Strait, you can get... And that's this is how they got across to the island. They would wait till the tides... And they would make their way across. Low enough. Which low enough, which yeah. is still, you know, could be head height. But they'd get across there. So I didn't, I didn't know how they got across to there. And and a lot of them sort of, I think, lost their lives because sharks and all yeah, sorts of other things. Yeah, they had a way of They had a way of navigating that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. Really, really interesting. But it, it's about validating... Uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as having knowledge that is just as credible and um, just as important regardless of our yeah, and, own lived history. And jumping heaps of points here to roll one, roll it into the same point. The good thing about doing a cultural tour is you, you're paying the Indigenous people for their knowledge. Mm. So they don't always get paid for... Well, they don't get paid anything for what they do... And you'll find a lot of times that you'll think it's indigenous. You'll think it's an indigenous business, oh, but God, it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's it. There's a there's a token black fella that's just painted on the picture, and it's run by white people. You you really need to dig into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's the same with black businesses as well. Um, and I, is... I don't have a problem with co collaboration. Like I don't have a problem if it's a let's just say that indigenous people don't have the business knowledge um not just not being disrespectful but they they mightn't have they might be not yes. as educated in that field western field yeah so I, i'm pretty sure up there 
I think it's a 50-50 split eco tours. I'm not 100%, but I know mm. that, yeah, they look after their Indigenous people. So it's a co-collaboration. Yeah. And that, and that comes yeah. down to that hand up rather than a hand out. Yeah, and I think... I know there's been a lot of um, discussion uh, historically around black businesses and I can think of one in particular that marketed themselves as a black business and um, and this is a common story too I might add where on the outside they really do look like a black business they, they have all the branding you know of the artwork and whatnot um, however they pay pittance for the Aboriginal artists or it might just be an ally that is trying to capitalise upon uh, Indigenous knowledges or ways of being. Like, I know I was working for someone previously who was profiteering off Indigenous knowledge and I just couldn't, uh, that yeah. didn't align to my values. And yeah. so I said, no, and please, you know, this is not something I support. Um, and and. The gentleman concerned took quite offence to me saying no and, um, you know, questioned me and in fact became a bit of a, a sharp pointed attack. Um, and in this circumstance it was, oh, well, we're working with an elder. Well, you know what? Um, you're not behaving respectfully. And so what you're trying to do because you're not embodying the aboriginal ways of working in this instance yeah that's not sitting well with me therefore i don't wish to be associated with your name yeah that's exactly right right um and there is numerous occasions where things are appropriated and so there's a term out there called cultural appropriation and that's where you replicate reproduce or repurpose either art language or cultural practices yeah and you're not indigenous you're yeah. not aboriginal or torres strait islander see the old boomerang in we have a shop over here called silly Solis. it's it's pretty much gone from all the major capital cities but it's still in the regional areas going to silly Solis or king kong and these cheap shops and you'll see these boomerangs sold for two dollars with indigenous art on it replicated in china mm. like what the hell like that, the shop alone should be just shot. Well, the 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 owners of that business oh, are not being good allies. Um, they're misleading people yeah. around the authenticity. And I understand that people just don't know when things are mass produced. They think they're trying to be helpful, but do your homework. Uh, Supply Nation is a body that. Um, I guess that validates the legitimacy of black businesses. Um, so there's someone, if you're looking for a directory, that is an option. But. And a good, yeah, a good ally will obviously. Do your homework. Do your homework and you won't buy the $2 boomerang. No. And, you know, for anyone who really understands Aboriginal art, if it is done authentically, it takes ages. Weaving takes ages. There's so many, so much time that goes into that. Same with any other cultural practices or knowledges. This is years 
tens of thousands of years of sacred knowledge. Yeah. If you've got yeah. a non-Indigenous person who's the front man of this, and I know there are some companies out there who are profiteering, making money off black knowledge. Yeah. I, I think a good, like, for me, if, I'm, if I was going to buy some Indigenous art, like, oh, and this is a really bad way of doing it, but... I look at it and go, that basket there, how long would it take to weave that basket? Oh, well, you've it, seen me do lots of stuff. Eight, nine hours to weave that basket. And then I go, well, if I did it by 50 bucks an hour plus my materials. And some people will go, oh my God, $50 an hour, that's so much. I, well, you know what? A tradesman gets paid easily that and double now in this yeah, country. Corporates yeah. get way more than that. Yeah. I'm just laying tiles and I'm getting more than that. Like I'm I've got yeah, I can't I'm getting I've got knowledge. But I can't weave a basket. But then yeah, you sit there and you go, okay, well that's fifty dollars times this, three, four hundred bucks. And people go, I'm not paying four hundred bucks for that. I'm like, well they did spend ten hours yeah weaving it and then there's a cultural element attached to it. You don't have to buy it. Yeah, but you can appreciate the work that went into it. And I, I guess at least... But don't go buy the $50 basket that's replicated. No. Like, and, yeah. and and I guess it's sometimes easier to see more tangible things, whereas, you know, we, come, we circle back to the fact that this, you know, rule of the game was listening to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people as experts. That's not just on being able to make and do things. That is also about the sacred knowledges, the practices, um, the histories, the things you can't see. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and there's an element, what we've spoken about is reciprocity, that, that you respectfully support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, Indigenous people, for their knowledge and understanding and reimburse them appropriately for their time, knowledge, and expertise. Yeah. It's valuable, just as valuable as Western knowledge. It just looks different. Yeah. That's what a real ally would do. Yeah, or well, a real ally is, like we said, go on a cultural tour, I'll, I'll pay for it. Mm. You know, like they're not asking big amounts of money. No. They're just asking really to cover their costs and their time. Like they're not they're not making thousands of dollars a day. No. So yeah. Hopefully this goes without saying that we're not talking about the fact that non Indigenous people can't engage in a Aboriginal art workshop. We're not saying that. Um, what we're saying is don't replicate the work as being Indigenous if you're not. Yeah. And you haven't got that knowledge or understanding um, that you haven't completed the necessary protocols or fulfilled them um, and haven't got the necessary approvals. Don't, don't say your work is Indigenous. Don't try and sell Indigenous stuff if you're not Indigenous and always acknowledge that authorship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the next thing, you know, it spoke to what we were saying before around we are all responsible for truth-telling and we know it's a different version to what, 
you and I got brought up with and um, what we've been taught. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got taught the, the Queen rules the earth. <laughs> she rules Australia. Mm. Um, and... We definitely got taught a different version of history when we were at school, right? Yeah, I think till the 1980s, maybe. We were singing God Save the Queen, mm. which was from England. And, and in Australia. Know, and we now know, you know, the and this came out during the time um, of the passing of the Queen that all the jewels are stolen in the Crown from different parts of the world and different Indigenous peoples. Yeah, I mean, that's a different different episode, which is going to be really interesting when we get to that. Because the, they've got a lot of explaining to do, mm. a lot of acknowledgement to make, and they're not making it. And I think the English themselves, as a country, are starting to go through this process where the new generation is waking up to the fact and their own country, in a way, is sort of turning on them a bit. Mm. Um and they're becoming, well, they're probably becoming more allies of the Indigenous people. Oh, so not, they're not, not allies. Not there yet. They're, not, oh, they're nowhere on near a it. Journey towards but but it. The, the, the younger demographic are going, hand the jewels back. Say you're sorry. Admit, then then admit there your can fault. be some healing take place. That's right. And, and a journey towards the future. Yeah. Whereas if you can't even do that first step as an, an ally and acknowledge past histories, yeah. then if you can't do that, you're never going to be a respectful ally. No. You're going to use it for tokenism and when it suits you. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and I guess that speaks then to the next one around understanding the power imbalances not only of the past but of the present and yeah. the ongoing effects that colonisation has had on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, but all Indigenous people around the world. When I am in a professional manner working with the Inuit up in Nunavut territory, I listen first to what they're telling me is where their struggles are at, what the barriers are, what the systemic um, things that exist that prevent them from being successful tenants of their own land. Yeah. I, I understand that I have a role to play as an ally to be able to help remove those barriers. And help's not the right word because we, we spoke about that before, but I have a responsibility and a role to play in changing that yeah I, so I, that yeah and i'll never speak on behalf of the indigenous peoples of that space the inuit that's not my role my role is to listen to learn and provide opportunity for them to stand up and take the reins that they are capable of taking yeah so being an ally I consider myself an ally. I, what I see in this country itself is I talked about the house of opportunity. And the problem being is we're not 
as an ally, I'm, I'm saying this, I don't believe we're even letting them in the house, let alone have a seat at the table. No. And to me, the Indigenous people, and there's a lot of fighting, and the simplistic way to put it is, they're not even in the same yard as us. They're yelling over the fence, give us a voice, let us through the fence to the front door. Once we get to the front door, just open it and, and let us come inside, sit at the table and have a talk yeah. and, and work it out. But we're not even no, getting and, to that point. And, and too often, and this is another sort of, you know, rule of the game, never replace Indigenous people with non-Indigenous representation. So as an ally, you are never going to be an expert on my lived experience as an Aboriginal person. Understand that. Yeah. That's not your skill and expertise. That's not your knowledge. However, it's mine. And I can't speak on behalf of every single Indigenous person because we each have very different experiences. But don't ever try and speak on behalf of me. And that happens so often. You know, we're... We've seen it during NAIDOC week, where there are companies and businesses and institutions not amplifying the incredible black excellence that is occurring. It's out there. In education, we have some incredible, amazing black educators, black professors. Yeah, but it's scary, see? That's the problem. Yeah, we might need to relinquish some of that power, and that's that power imbalance. And we might actually need to acknowledge we don't know this information. But it's okay. You're not expected to. It's like if I went into your trade, Nathan, and I'm telling you how to do your job. Oh, yeah, I'd just shut the door in your face, piss off, see you later. Correct. So why then do you think it's okay in reverse? Because that's what's happening. Because you, you haven't been let over the fence. Correct. They As, won't even let you in the gate. So it's like a, a nurse telling a doctor how to run and do their job. Yeah. When the reality is the doctor has a specific skill set that he brings, as does the nurse. If we actually work together and give the platform equally, then we have more of an opportunity of creating a better future. Yeah, of course we do, but that's that's scary to the white fella. Because we won't have as much power then. Allyship is about collaboration. Yeah, well, it's well, about you've, being you've, equal. You've always said Indigenous people there's no hierarchy no problem with us is there's a hierarchy and even now and a status there's an up sort of uh, i can feel like a semi-uprising in this country because of cost of living pressures and everyone's got the shits with everyone and and the hierarchy don't want to relinquish the power so they put Mm. the foot on the throat and just keep you there yeah, they will roll us out during special significant events. Yeah, oh, you've like got, you yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, no, you, can't, you can't not do that. Reconciliation week. Yeah. Like, if it's a real thing, do it all the time. I think of acknowledgements of country. If it's authentic and it has real purpose and value, 
of a school, of an institution, of an organisation, it will be embedded as normal daily activity. There is nothing wrong with a teacher having an acknowledgement every morning as part of their morning routine or daily practice to set the tone of the day. What you're modelling yeah. is inclusivity. Yeah, okay. So, you're okay. modelling respect. Okay, so I, I see people driving around. This is going off, off bush here a bit, but I see people driving cars around our country. They drive around and, and the stickers on their car don't welcome me to my own country. There's a white fellow driving the car. I don't think they particularly understand what an acknowledgement and a welcome to country mm. means. I mean, we can get into that in another episode. They think you're welcoming them to their country, the Indigenous country, but they don't understand. It's a pay respects to the land we're on right now. You know, don't destroy it, don't wreck it, be with one with the land but these idiots that drive around go don't welcome me to my country this is my country mm. they're saying you're coming onto the land that was once owned by us or still is be respectful of our house don't come in and, and kick the clothes over the ground or jump on our furniture don't come to our fridge and drink all our milk and throw shit around they're asking you to be, when you're there for a specific event, be respectful. That's what they're asking. And people think they're asking, they're going, well, you, you know, welcome to our country. They're not, oh my God. It's, yeah. Look at you go. Look how you've actually no, started I don't, I, to learn and understand over the years. No, because I can see what they're, maybe they need to come out and specifically say, well, oh, the, 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 the no, don't because, need to do that. No, but, but we've done that as well many yeah. times. And you know what happens? We get the keyboard warriors. We get the... Don't welcome um, them to my ...aggressive behaviour. We need allies to walk with us and not only hear our voices constantly. Yeah, but they don't get it. They think, they think that you're saying they're not welcome, almost. And then they well, think, and then they think you're all racism... You're racist, I mean, but... But that's where an ally can go, hang on a minute, no, this is my knowledge. That's what you I'm know? saying. I'm saying it's not about that. And, and a welcome a country Respect is, it. is done by traditional owners of the country that you're on who have the permission to do so. Yeah. Whereas an acknowledgement of country can be done by anyone that references the country where you are. So as a Darug woman... I can't do a welcome to country on Yuggera land. This is not my country. I'm a visitor here. But what I can do is do an acknowledgement. And I do that whenever I am a visitor on someone's land, when I do speak at conferences and different events and workshops. Because what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging the country. I'm acknowledging the power it has the energy, how we need to respectfully work with it. Yeah, you're saying don't... I'm acknowledging the people that have once walked here and the people who continue to walk here. Yeah, you're saying don't come and drink your beer here and you eat your food and it. throw it in the bush. Excellent. So there's no reason why a teacher could not do that as part how of their can normal I, how, but how can I assimilate morning routine. How can I assimilate that? 
But the ov- the average Aussie can't assimilate that. I don't understand that. Well, I think, you know, you're surrounded by um, Indigenous people and other allies who navigate that space respectfully. And so we need to be able to build that up for other people to be supported on that cultural journey themselves. And that's why yeah. we're doing this. That's why we're having these conversations around how we do this better. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I, I suppose we better wrap it up because we're dragging on. Nathan's rambling on with crap again, but... Um, before we go, but I was just thinking a good ally, and this is off track again, um, there's a band, King Stingray. Yes. We've heard of them before. Yes. I, I'm not going to say they're from Arnhem Land, because I don't really know, so I don't want to disrespect them. It's, a uh, will tell you, the best form of allyship you could see, a couple of white men, a couple of black fellas singing a band together. Um, play the dig, you know. The Adaki? Yeah. Traditional name? Yeah, and it's awesome. Um, so you've never heard of them, even if you're not from this country, Google King Stingray. And we do have some international listeners from Canada, Singapore, and the United States, as well as New Zealand. Yeah, they sing in traditional language, yeah. but also in English. Mm. They blend the two together with Didges and all sorts of stuff. and So imagine if a teacher in the morning did an acknowledgement to country. Play a bit and of King Stingray. Play a bit of King Stingray, get some vibes going over the morning. They are awesome. But also, know the greeting of the land where you're working. Yeah. So sitting in your car, listen to this obviously, then put on a bit of King Stingray on your yep. way home and I guarantee you'll feel in a better mood. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say. But, uh, what do you want to say, Tim? Um, I think that's enough for today. We've, you know, please understand that, yes, these are pretty heavy conversations. Um, they're not, definitely not easy on both of us, but it's important conversations to have. Anything around reconciliation, reconciliation, so the doing something with what you know, is difficult. It is challenging. You feel like you're going one step forward, two back, two steps forward, one back. It, it, it's an ever-involving process, but it just requires commitment. And so thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you for committing to this journey. And uh, reach out if we can do anything to support you as you walk on this journey towards yeah. becoming a great ally. Be an ally, be a mentor, not a dementor. Dementor. Yeah. Until next week. Yeah, I'll catch you later. What about if you say Yano? Yano. Yano. Bye. Bye.